0: To Attenuation, a weekly podcast where two friends come together to drink beer, discuss beer styles and trends, and just generally ruminate on the meaning of life, aka beer. If you enjoy your time with us, we invite you to become a weekly listener and subscribe to the podcast. Without further ado, here is this week's episode.
1: Welcome to another episode of Attenuation a Beer Podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm here with my best friend since eighth grade, Stephen.
0: Hello, it going, <laughs> It's going wonderful.
1: That's great, and I we have we're continuously upgrading our technological situation, so yes. we can see each other now.
0: So. I know. I love this. I can see your beautiful face.
1: That's <laughs> getting better and better. Um so what is our topic for today, Stephen?
0: All right. Well, we are doing an episode about white whales. And for those of you who don't know what a white whale is in the beer craft beer community, um it's those beers that uh I guess another one would, would be like bucketless beers or beers that you want to try. Um they tend to be more famous beers, more uh uh harder to get. Um sometimes that's not necessarily um uh it's not always harder to get for everyone um lots of times these are geographical so um a lot of beers up in the like in New England or like on the california coast um if they don't distribute nationwide then those these beers are very very hard to get and then a lot of times they're just like uh one off so they're only available for maybe a day or a couple of weeks or something uh, a year um so anyway, these are just beers that uh, tend to be rated very high um i mean these could just be personal white whales things that um there's i, I will uh we will get to one on my list that just uh is just something that um i want to try i don't think it would be on a lot of people's um white whale list but um but yeah so they tend to be beers that um uh, just are highly rated and highly sought after and uh um, we're going to talk about some of the ones that we have caught and what we thought about them when we caught them, and then a few that <laughs> a few that are still at large.
1: All right, I like it. So yes, whales we have caught and the flavor of their flesh, and whales we <laughs> whales we are still hunting. <laughs> so before we get to the main topic, we got to do, of course, what we're drinking. Yes, so. Should what? I go first here? I have, Yeah, go uh, first. All right. So I have another stout. I'm very excited. This is Cafe Rado from White Elm Brewing Company. That's in Lincoln, Nebraska. So this is an American Imperial Stout. The ABV here is 13%. So I probably shouldn't be drinking this by myself on a weekday, but that's okay. <laughs> so this you is were, an you you work from home. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an Imperial Stout aged in rye barrels. With Mexican and Madagascar vanilla, cacao, cinnamon, chilies, and whole coffee beans. So I'm pretty excited about this. I've realized I really like cinnamon in stouts. Um, I'm not too excited about the whole coffee beans. Uh, so we'll we'll just have to see how this works out.
0: Um, you so you like <laughs> the long list of uh, flavor profiles?
1: I guess I do. That's <laughs> And uh, that's kind of in the theme and this is like boring the- and it's it's as black as night so that's always a good sign
0: i and can this- see it this time which is cool
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah this is going to be quite a challenge i'm going to try to identify some of these flavors but so on the nose right away i'm definitely getting like dark chocolate cinnamon coffee vanilla Maybe like almost like cigar smoke. Maybe I don't know if that's some of the barrel aging aspect, but salute to episode three. Yeah. Okay, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> yeah. So let me, um, I'm so in the interest of me not just sitting here and having dead air. Why don't, I'm going to give this some taste and see, you know, give my overall impressions of it. Uh, but why don't you introduce your drink, what beer you're drinking today while I enjoy this one?
0: Okay, cool. Um, okay, so in the, um, in the spirit of today's episode, uh, White Whales, I decided to drink one of my original White Whales. And this is actually a different version of um one of my original white whales. So um the beer is called Pseudo Sue. Uh it's American Pale Ale from Toppling Goliath Brewery in Decorah, Iowa. Uh this is well, this always makes the uh the top three uh American Pale Ale list. Um this uh beer that I'm drinking today is actually a double dry-hopped version. So uh for those who um don't know, uh, dry hopping is just a process during the the it's used during the brew process where after you've boiled your beer and um you've cooled it and pitched yeast into it. So now the yeast are fermenting the beer. During the couple weeks of fermentation, um you can do a thing called dry hopping, which is just adding hops to the beer um, as it ferments. So this is, (laughs) there's a lot of, uh, um, like questions about what it even means to say your beer is double dry hopped. You know, is it, is it hopped with twice the amount of hops? Is it dry hops twice during fermentation? It's just, um, it's not a, a real specific definition of what it means to double dry hop, but in general it just means that you've had additional, um, Additions of hops during fermentation um, beyond what the the basic recipe. So uh, gotcha. this is this is pseudo sue pale ale uh, with a couple additional dry hoppings. And pseudo sue the original recipe is uh, 100% citra hopped. Um, so it's just oh. one, one, um, uh, one kind of hop. Used and this is there's a couple um, so one of the the popular iterations of pseudosu is the mosaic double dry hop so that's where they dry hop in fermentation with a mosaic hop this one is just the straight double dry hop so they just kept going with the um, citra hop
1: so, okay so it's citra to begin and citra for those so it's yep. citra all the way through
0: all the way through yeah interesting actually uh, I did not know that yeah so so this should be uh, really amped up version of one of my all-time favorite beers
1: and i will also report that i love pseudo (laughs) sue we got it very briefly in one of the grocery stores the fancier grocery stores around here and i was delighted to buy some but then it quickly evaporated (laughs) into thin air
0: so one of my favorite um Aspects of pseudo su is and and this is just a this is a flavor profile from from citra is is mango, Mm. Uh, and this like this is even crazier. Like as soon as I open the can, start pouring it, it was like mango all the way. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's 100% mango. All right, I'm going in,
1: and I can see it looks very good.
0: Wow, that's really good. It's really good. Um, I, I would like to do a side by side test tasting with uh, with the original. That
1: would be an excellent comparison. Yeah.
0: Um, I expect it to be less bitter because dry hopping usually tends to impart more fruit flavors and fewer bitter, like less bitterness. But um, it, it's bitter it's pretty bitter surprisingly um it's just a lot of pine coming through which is another um citra hop uh flavor um it's like bright citrus bright pine and mango um and this is i mean they they <laughs> it's certainly amped up um with all citra
1: nice sounds like a good one and I like your idea of comparing it, that if you could get them side by side, yeah, that would be especially interesting. All right, so I'll give you my tasting notes on Cafferado, and also okay. give you, I'm going to give you a thumbs up, thumbs down going forward. So, you know, when I first started tasting craft beers, I was like, I had this notebook, like one of those fancy moleskin notebooks someone got me for my birthday or something. And like, I was like, oh, I'm never going to use this. Like, what am I ever going to use this for? But then I got this idea. I was like, oh, I'll write tasting notes in it. So I have like really stupid tasting notes in this, this stupid <laughs> notebook. But what I eventually realized is like rather than score things, um, because it's so subjective, all I ever really wanted to keep track of is like, will I would I like to drink it again? Or would I not like to drink it again? So eventually what my notebook just became was a list of beers I had tried. And if I thought it was worthy of buying again, I put a star next to it. And if I thought it wasn't, no star and that's basically kind of been my metric going forward so i'm um, actually I really like this one it's you just get sweet chocolate in the entrance and then it kind of settles into this the vanilla and the cinnamon and then there's a little bit of coffee at the end and i do think i'm detecting a little bit of rye on the finish because this is aged in rye barrels and overall you know the coffee is not overpowering all the flavors are present and they're kind of balanced in a really nice way and at 13 percent i'm not getting a lot of this The boozy alcohol it's it's going down quite smoothly so i'm going to give this my seal of approval and say i would definitely drink this one again so nice yeah i'm excited i I like this one it's going to get a star in the little notebook
0: (laughs) i'm surprised i'm surprised it didn't have more coffee yeah i am actually shocked
1: so the one thing i do think is missing is i'm not really getting the um the chilies i i thought maybe it would have a little bit more spice in the finish and when they said whole coffee beans i was a little bit worried but it's, the coffee's there, but it's not overpowering. Is everything, all the flavors are really well-balanced. Uh, albeit, I do feel like the chilies are maybe absent. Um, or maybe I'm just, maybe my palate is not sophisticated enough to detect them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta drink more chili beers, man. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so am we were both sipping at the same time. I know. So what's your verdict bad on? Bad form, bad form. <laughs>
1: What's your verdict on the, uh, that double dry hopped?
0: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I would, I never turn down Sudo Su any kind or any way. Um, but it's, it's not my favorite. Uh, I will say I, I have had the mosaic double dry hop version and I think that may be my favorite. Um, just because I think sometimes like, I think sometimes you do need like multiple hops, uh they just balance each other out i think this is like i mean if you want citra in your face all day this is it i mean there's like this there's just no hiding it uh it's a lot of pine it's a lot of um uh it's like i said it's more bitter than i thought but um but no it's it's i mean it's pseudo sue i'll drink it
1: <laughs> You won't
0: say this is this is i'll drink it every time you put right. this in front of me every time i
1: so it gets a star in your notebook as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so that is what we are drinking today. I think we were going to cover did you want to cover this top 50 list?
0: Yeah, so breaking news, breaking news. <laughs> well, actually, by the time they, by the time this episode is uh, uh, available, it'll be a little bit uh, late, but um but yeah, breaking news today. Um, the Brewers Association released the top 50 brewing companies by sales volume, uh, and no real surprises, actually. Um, there were no changes, uh, really to the, like, within like the top 10, there weren't really, um, significant changes. Um, Youngling and Son, Boston Beer Company and Sierra Nevada are the top three, um, and they have been for a while. Boston Beer Company is, um. Uh, Sam Adams and Dogfish Head are their two main um, beer brewers that they own Um, so obviously I mean Sam Adams is in every single grocery store yes Um, so it's it's, that's really not surprising Um, it's really cool that Sierra Nevada is in the top three it just makes me well
1: now, happy. and because they do have a production facility on the East Coast now as well, and I, I yeah, it's North been, Carolina. It's been a while now. I feel like it just happened, but I don't. I think no, it was probably yeah. like
0: ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time flies. Yeah, it it has been a while. Um. Uh. But yeah, they're in North Carolina as well. I think. Um, but I think even before then, they were distributing pretty wide widely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then they, that just like made it easier.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Um, but yeah, other than that, um, Bell's brewery is in the top 10, which is a, uh, hometown brewer for Jason.
1: That's right. I, so I didn't know this. I, I actually like Bell's brewery. We're actually going to talk about it in the white whale list. But um, I didn't know they were located. Well, it says Comstock on this list, but I believe they have facilities in Comstock and Kalamazoo. And I'm actually not born in Kalamazoo, but I did. I was raised half my childhood till eighth grade um, in Kalamazoo until I moved to California and met Stephen like immediately upon moving to California. So, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't <laughs> know. That's pretty cool that uh, Bell's is. Has a uh, brewery there in Kalamazoo where I, where I grew up. My, well, before my beer drinking days, to be honest. Now,
0: now, where is Comstock? Do you know?
1: I actually don't know. Uh, I think it's close. I'm actually gonna. I have access to my computer, so I will pull it up. Oh, okay. So Comstock is basically adjacent to Kalamazoo. Okay. So actually, it might even be Comstock County or something like that. Mm. I honestly don't remember. Uh, I I failed my geography class for Michigan (laughs)
0: Um, but yeah some of the other uh, top 10 Deschutes in Bend, Oregon Uh, that's a favorite of mine Uh, Mirror Pond Ale Uh, we talked about Black Butte Porter last week Um, uh, just some good beers coming out of Bend, Oregon Uh, Stone Brewing in San Diego one of my all-time faves that's a great tap room if you're ever in San Diego by the way um great food. So uh yeah, some really cool breweries. Um uh, Yeah, uh, it's,
1: it's a cool list. It actually surprised yeah. me. Um that like stone is number nine. Like I just I just I guess I had no reference point to how big they were.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And even uh the fact that Twenty First Amendment is on uh I mean they're in the top fifty, they're in thirty-four. Oh uh, wow. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. In fact I just saw their um they had Hell or High Watermelon in a grocery store here in texas so uh they're pretty much everywhere so it makes sense but it's really cool to see um what i think of as smaller independent craft brewers uh getting nationally distributed and brewing at high level high volumes you know yeah
1: 21st amendment is very cool i actually so one of their locations is kitty corner to drake's so we did do a trip i did a brewery trip where we just knocked out drake's and 21st amendment in one trip and um 21st Amendment probably has to be hands down the coolest name for a brewery in existence. <laughs> <laughs> so props to them. That's You just can't yep. beat 21st Amendment.
0: Hey, another good um, one, uh, which is on the list at 42, is St. Arnold Brewing in uh, Houston. Uh, okay. As far as far as names for a brewery uh, being named after the patron, patron saint of beer. Uh,
1: oh arnold. man that is that's maybe that is the best name <laughs> i have to eat my, i immediately have to eat my words because there is look it up on wikipedia there is indeed a, a patron saint of brew, beer brewing which is mm. it's pretty dope
0: a hero Good. to all saint arnold
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right cool so do let's get into the main topic so yeah. i think first let's cover whales we have caught and then, kind of our reactions to them. Okay. So, do you want to take the first one, and then we can just pass it back and forth?
0: Yeah, I'll take the first one. Um, uh, one of the first ones is well, the this is a beer uh, I've mentioned a few times on the podcast already. It's very famous, and it's called Pliny the Younger uh, from Russian River Brewing in Santa Rosa, California. Um, it is a triple IPA. It is brewed once a year. This this is kind of a just sort of a fun history they they um just because i know so much about this beer it's easy for me to talk about um but they brew this once a year it's always in february so they're kind of brewing it throughout january fermenting it um and so usually it's the first weekend in february kicks off a two-week um uh, plenty of the younger event where it is available uh russian river a few years back opened up an amazing facility in Windsor, California, which is, um, uh, a few miles from Santa Rosa. It is one of the coolest facilities ever. If you ever get to, um, get there and tour that it's, it's fantastic. I think Jason would agree.
1: It's one of the coolest places on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, they're just, it's like they basically had made so much money off Pliny the Elder, which is their flagship IPA or double IPA. Um, like that they had all this money to spend on basically the the best beer brewing facility. Um, and I, I, it's awesome. Um, so anyway, they brew this beer and, um, for two weeks it's available at their tap rooms, both the one in Santa Rosa and the one in Windsor. Uh, I mean, we had two different experiences. The first year we went to the release, um, I think it was like, I think it was Super Bowl Sunday and it was the first year they had it available at the Windsor um, facility. And uh, so anyway, we got really lucky. We got right in and we took a tour that time and we were able to drink Pliny the Younger on the tour. And then we got, um, and then we had like really easy access into the tap room uh, where we continue to enjoy, but, but they, and it's heavily regulated, like, you you get, I think you can have three pints of it while you're in. You can only be in the restaurant for two hours. Um, that
1: visit gave us a false sense of security. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, because follow-up, the next year we went and the line was very, very long. And also the big change of the second year was that they decided to bottle it, which they had never done before. So not only could you... Um, where you're going to be able to get in and drink it, you were also going to be able to take it home, uh, which was um, just something they'd never done. No one had been able to leave the facility with a bottle of Piney the Younger, which is um, crazy. So that was a big change that um, I guess we should have seen coming. But the line was much longer. We waited in line, I think, for how many ooh. hours? It was a lot. It was about well, okay. So I said two hours in the thing. I think it. I think you can stay in. Wow. Well, was it four hours? Yeah, you can stay in the in there for four hours, so what ends up happening is that they let the first group in, and if you're not in the first group, like you know you're probably going to be At in the line for hours. another yeah <laughs> um, and maybe it was three hours. I'm butchering it, but but whatever the length of time, you know you're going to be sitting there for that length of time before really anybody starts to leave, I mean, maybe if few trickle out, but um so, and it was a very, very long line, and this is like this is actually. Perfect story for this podcast because this is why it's the white whale. It is so hard to get, um, and people. I mean, I had very close friends of mine calling me a crazy person for standing in line for four or five hours just to get a beer. You know, like um, but who
1: is who is standing in that line with you, buddy?
0: My bestie,
1: because <laughs> <laughs> I'm also that crazy. And you know what? <laughs> it was worth it (laughs) i mean did
0: it even really feel like that long of a wait no and the line was
1: so fun because everyone in that line is like just as crazy about craft beer as you are so we're just striking up conversations left and right about you know what's good where are you from and people are coming from all over to go to this release so the energy is there it's kind of like going to you know like opening night at the movie theater for the new star wars movie or something there's just this like sense of excitement in the line and everyone's in a great mood there so the whole experience is worth it i think yeah. but we were in line for <laughs> many, <Yeah>. many
0: hours <laughs> well and I, it's it's actually a great analogy because like look if you go two weeks after the star wars movie comes out you're not waiting in a long line you're just, it's you know like there's no big deal that like, it's it's easy to go see the movie and so um like f- from an outsider's perspective it's like dude go drink some other beer at another place or, you know, like you can get a triple IPA somewhere else. Uh, but, but it's plenty the younger. I mean, this is like <laughs> exactly. one, like the, mo- one of the most, if not the most famous craft beer, um, at least these days. And, um, it's just cool to be there. Um, it's just, you're with other people who love craft beer. <laughs> I remember seeing, um, an article in the paper about this lady. She had never had craft beer before, and this was like that was her first craft beer with Pliny the Younger. And I'm like, that doesn't even make sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's where you're starting. Um,
0: that's insane, by the way. And if she enjoyed it, that's even more insane. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, it's just it's a, such a cool experience. Um, and I have a picture uh, memorializing the moment when I first drank Pliny the Younger on the tour. Uh, it's hands down my favorite picture of me. Uh, <laughs> it looks like, um, I'm ascending into heaven as I drink it. There's like this glow around my bald head. It just, uh, <laughs> That's amazing. it might be the sunlight, but it might be the beer gods shining down on me. I don't know.
1: I think it was the latter. <laughs> well, I remember cause the second time we went, we were kind of in that side room and I remember, so they you're allowed to get two pours of it, I think, and it's on your, they give you a wristband, and then when they give you your pour, they tear off, uh, you know, the, the, little yeah. t- the little ticket, so you can only get two pours. And I remember just looking down, we were actually at the bar, and I was just looking down the whole bar, people getting their first pours, and just, like, watching them have the experience. It was so, <laughs> it was so cool to people just to watch huge beer nerds, like, get their nose down in that beer and then take a sip and then just see you know all the calculations that are occurring inside their mind as they try to parse this insanely complex beer um yeah that's so you would say that was a whale that you caught that was worth it
0: oh yeah I mean (laughs) uh, like I mean I wish I probably can't describe the beer that well like without it in front of me sure um it's always hard but um but well, yeah, and another just another
1: tidbit about um so sorry to cut you off, but no, no. you taught me this. Don't they actually change the recipe every year?
0: They do, yeah. And I mean I think like the problem is there's um I mean every hop harvest is different, right? Mm-hmm. And this is something um th- this is we're gonna go off a tangent here a little bit, but um I remember when I first got into like alcohol in general and I was drinking a lot of wine with my wife and we for her birthday she wanted to go to Napa and do a little winery tour so um, we hired this tour guy to take us to a couple different wineries a uh, really cool experience um, but I was asking him because I, I really just I had such little knowledge at this time and I was asking him like uh, when they when they make wine like do they add things to it right do they add fruit because you'll you know you, you'll you'll Different wine uh, tasting profiles, like oh, hints of raspberry, and da, da, da. and I was like, did they ever add stuff? Like, is that? And he was like, no, 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 it's just from the grapes. Like, this is just grapes. Um, so that's uh, you know the equivalent of that in beer is where you have these hops and you have hop profiles that give off melon and blueberry and pine, and you know it's all the things, all these uh, flavor profiles that we list off when we're tasting, um, and I a lot of that just comes from the hops.
1: Mm.
0: Now, beer lots of different beers tend to, you know, they will fruit the beers, they'll add other stuff um which is a little different than than uh wine, but um uh, I wish I knew where I was going with this.
1: The variation between year to year.
0: Yeah, so well so anyway, so you have this hop harvest and so the the brewers, uh, um, Vinny and I think his wife is uh, Natalie, uh, at Russian River, they go, and of course, like, they're so well known, they get, like, the first pick of hops and stuff. And so they go up there, and they're, I mean, they're basically tasting hops, they're smelling them, and, um, I mean, their their abilities are so fine-tuned that they're able to like figure out a combination of different hops that are going to get them to the point where they want to get you know and so maybe that means changing one hop Mm. or but like they're just they have a pro flavor profile in mind like this is plenty the younger and then it's just how you get there um might change
1: that's really cool so yeah they they know the end product and they're their expertise is parsing through the variation in the hop, you know, yield year to year. It actually reminds me of, if you ever saw the documentary Jiro dreams of sushi, um, he sends his buyer to the the fish market and the, he basically turns to the camera and he says, basically, uh, for each fish I'm looking for in the market, there is one fish of that type. That is the best fish at the whole fish market. That's the fish I'm buying. Like (laughs) I'm hunting down and buying the absolute best fish every day at the fish market to serve in the restaurant. So yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of that. So that is cool. So okay, we're marking up Pliny the Younger as a whale that was satisfactory. Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to share my first whale, and it's, spoiler alert, dissatisfactory. Oh no! (laughs) So my first white whale is from cigar city brewing they're based out of tampa florida so this is an american ipa uh 7.5 abv and so this is kind of brings me to a topic i wanted to cover in this episode and that's hype so <laughs> every hobby has hype and you just never know if, if things are hyped because they deserve it or if they're just hyped because whatever it's the flavor of the week so, I was really excited to try this beer. And the first time I tried it, I think now it's highly regarded, it's highly rated. So, it could be just my own personal preference. I could be totally off base. You know, send us your hate mail. Um, but I did not like this beer. And that was actually my first experience of like trying a beer because I would swear like I would look at things on, I look at ratings, I look at the top 250 beers rated on Beer Advocate. And just you know, look at these high scores. So I was convinced I was going to love it, um, but we got the opportunity to drink it. So I've had it multiple times. I actually had it at the Great American Beer Festival. Um, I didn't like it, and then <laughs> I had to it again. We got it for whatever reason. We got it in our local uh, grocery store, and I thought, you know, it's been a couple years. Maybe I maybe I misjudged that beer. Maybe I uh, didn't give it a fair shake. I bought a six pack of it didn't like it <laughs> so yeah it's just kind of a beer that uh you know on its face it's extremely highly rated and just didn't resonate with me for whatever reason so yeah that was a white whale of mine a personal white whale that i really wanted to try that you know when i finally caught up to it it just wasn't really it wasn't worth the hunt Stephen. <laughs> as i would as to continue with our whale hunting analogy
0: Hey, yeah, a great um, memory related to that is that uh, I remember our first um, trip to the Great American Beer Festival, I, I knew very little. Um, all I knew going into that festival was I like Gozas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> uh, so I had very, very, I was like, but I knew there were going to be tons of sours there. So I was super excited. Um, but I didn't know nothing. I knew nothing about like, different breweries or what breweries to go to and stuff. But, uh, but you knew. We need to go to Cigar City.
1: Yes. Well,
0: that was our first stop. We ran there, and uh, we got beanies. Do you still have your Cigar City beanie? I do. Yeah, Me too. Uh, yeah, they gave away free beanies. Still have that beanie. And, uh, and yeah, that was our – I assume that's when we got Jai. Lai.
1: Yep. I wanted to try Chew. And actually, I didn't write this down on the list, but now that I, you're reminding me of this um, – Hunapa I think that's the original reason I wanted to go there I wanted to try their stout and I wanted to try Jai Hawaii so I remember I made this list it was like written on a piece of paper and I told Stephen like oh I've strategically planned like I want to try these 10 beers and two of them are at Cigar City so we're gonna like get in we're gonna run to Cigar City and we're gonna knock these two out so we made the strategic and in fact we're gonna continue with this white whale and I don't want to get off to a sidetrack but let's make a note here for an episode in the future. We should make a, um, attending great American beer festival strategy guide. I think that would oh, be,
0: yeah. that'd be a great episode
1: because we learned, we've been a few times and we have definitely learned a thing or two about attending.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We got lots of helpful tips. All
1: right. Yeah. I think that'd be a great <laughs> episode. So what is your number two whale?
0: Okay. So I'm going to, this I think is an overlap for us, but I think it might be a, uh, a difference in opinion um because one of my wha- whales was bells two-hearted ah um and i was disappointed
1: ah <gasps> so i wrote it down on my list too and i wrote it down as one i really liked but <laughs> please share your impressions first
0: um well i remember um one thing i didn't really like i really liked um i mean like i said i liked gozas at the time uh but just like paler beers, lighter beers, um, I didn't really like malty styles. And I think it just surprised me how malty it was mm. um, because I had, had, I had heard it compared to Pseudo Sioux. In fact, I think it's, well, I don't know if it's up on the list with Pseudo Sioux, but um, it's an American pale ale. Which, come to find out, I've learned later is actually a maltier style. Um, but anyway, uh, I think Bell's two hearted is 100% centennial hops if I remember right. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I just, I didn't love it. And that may have been like partially what my tastes were at the time. Uh, I have had bells too hearted since, um, it's really easy to get where I am in Texas. Um, but yeah, it's still not like a, uh, it's not a favorite of mine.
1: Gotcha. So yeah, I had the opposite experience. I actually have had it a few times. So when I was really, I've been into craft beer for a while, and I had a coworker. I've actually had a couple coworkers bring me beers, which has been really nice. So <laughs> I guess I had the reputation at work of being the beer snob. So yeah, a couple me too. Of my, yeah, so a couple <laughs> of my coworkers were like, oh. I've had two people bring me things. One was uh, Zombie Dust from Chicago. Someone brought me a six-pack mm, of that. And actually, nice. we, we drank that one together from Chicago. And then, um, I don't know if you remember, it was in your backyard. And then uh, someone brought me, same deal, they were going to somewhere uh, on the East Coast, or maybe they were even going to Michigan, and they brought me a Two-Hearted Ale. So that was the first time I tried it. Loved it. Lived up with the hype for me. And then we tried it again at the Great American Beer Festival. Loved it the second time. And I'm pretty jealous that you have ready access to it, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's a, you know, that's a good example of the geographical um, differences. Uh, sometimes a beer that's like super easy to get for some people is just um, impossible to get across. The yeah, country,
1: I, I so. can get Pliny the Elder all day long, so. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so what's your third white whale? Um,
0: okay, so my third... Um, well, I, I talked about pseudo Sue, um, uh, when I, because I'm drinking it. So I won't really talk about that one, although, and that's obviously a, uh, thumbs up for me. Um, uh, um, but I will say the very first time, so Toppling Goliath actually was at the beer festival of our first year and they have not been there since, um, which has been very disappointing, but they have a, they have pseudo Sue. They also have a double IPA called King Sue. That's one that first year where I think it was probably on your list of like, we have to go try this. And, um, and so we did, but I I think at that time I didn't really understand, you know, like a double IPA. There's no way there was, I was liking that. Uh, but, um, but I do now. I've had King Sue a few times. That's an amazing beer. If you ever get to try King Sue from Toppling Goliath. Um, but, um, so anyway that's brief i'll 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 move on to my third major one which is a uh goza it's ruben's goza Mm. now they had won they're from uh, seattle i think they had won uh the gold at the beer festival two years in a row for that goza um so it was sort of like i have to get that like like if it's one gold twice in a row, like that's it, you know. Um, so I don't know if it was a white whale for very many people, but it certainly was for me because that was my favorite style of beer, um, and it's amazing. Uh, there are so many iterations of Goza now. Um, most of the time, breweries fruit the, um, you know, add fruit to it, uh, yeah, and, and and it's a perfect beer to add fruit to. Mm-hmm especially like melons or uh, passion fruit and guava works really well because it's a salty beer. Um, some I've had some really good grapefruit gozas, yeah. uh, um That works really well. So anyway, it, it's a beer that lends itself to being fruited, but the original style uh, is really just wheat, um, coriander, and salt. And those are, the ingredients for a goza uh keep it and, simple soup. <laughs> yeah and i've had a few um basic gozas but all they used only those ingredients um rubens by far just incredible it's like lemony and tart and um yeah just like this crisp eh, like i mean they call it a sour beer but it's really just tart just kind of tart crisp lemony got that like cracked wheat bread like just undertones um man it's just so good and it's they're usually like four or five percent uh which we've talked about bitterness units um IBUs it's usually like a seven IBUs Mm. there's no bitterness it is just kind of sweet kind of tart and uh um just kind of a bright Almost like seltzer water, um, you know, ease of drinking and and refreshment.
1: You're uh, making me crave one right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tell me, disp- I crave I, disp- I crave disp- it every
0: day, but it's very hard to find so, <laughs> uh, that's for awesome.
1: me. Yeah,
0: so that's it. My oh, Rubens goes the man. That's my number one white whale that I caught and I loved.
1: That's on our short list for beer. Uh, brewery visits too so yeah we'll see how that plays out well we might do a a podcast in the field Mm. reporting so uh my third one is illusion of safety now there's been a couple different variants of this but i remember you got this beer so this is from a droit theory brewing company and they're based in virginia this is a sour and i remember you got this bottle from um tavor and it looked so cool. Like the art that Droid Theory does should be on
0: posters or T-shirts. Like it, uh, the art their, so their can cool. art is so cool.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. So you got this beer, and I was so excited to try it. And we opened it, and it just, like, exploded. <laughs> so something had happened in the shipping or the canning where it just wasn't good. So we weren't able to drink it at that time. So, you know, being denied it only made me want it more. So one of the years we were at uh, Great American Brew Festival, they had the mango version of Illusion of Safety. And, oh, this is a whale worth catching. I just remember it was one of the most sour things Sour beers I've ever tasted in my entire life. <laughs> it was so sour. And I remember they were telling us because they were pouring it into our taster and it was so thick too. And they were warning us, like, hey, you need to really rinse your glass out after you drink this because it's going to, what if you don't rinse it out very carefully, it's going to taint whatever you pour in there next.
0: It was like a mango smoothie. It was. Like- it was so thick.
1: It was viscous. They reported yeah. it was like motor oil. And uh, yeah, so it was amazing. So, being ignited the first time, I was so happy to get to taste it the second time. And everything I've actually had from Adroit Theory, I've been really impressed with. Uh, not only, you know, obviously the tasting and the beer experience, but yeah, just kind of the names, what they name their beers, and then the can styles. I actually, I'm very tempted to keep their cans when I do receive them because. The art is so cool.
0: I guess they're huge like metal heads there.
1: Ah Um.
0: So I think a lot of their beer names are from like um like metal albums and stuff. And uh and they just like always have like super loud metal music playing in their tap room. So it's just their thing.
1: That's awesome. That would explain a lot. I'm not into metal, but yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Oh, that's such a great one. Man, I remember I just kept going back to that yes booth like can i have more of that like is there a limit (laughs) there is no limit no limit
1: okay so what is your next white
0: whale um so that covers all the ones i've caught okay Uh, do you have any more that you've caught
1: so let me do my last caught and then i'll tell you some of the ones that are still at large so my last caught is fundamental observation from bottle logic brewing they're based in anaheim california this is probably hands down my favorite beer in the world um it's really highly rated so part of the part of the way i found some of these was I knew the first time we were going to Great American Beer Festival, there's going to be a lot of beers that are rated in the top 250 beer list on Beer Advocate, and I really wanted to try them. So, like, for example, Pliny the Younger is number six, so pretty highly rated. Fundamental Observation is number 13, and loving stouts and knowing they were going to be there, I really wanted to try it. And it was definitely worth it. I can't even begin to describe how good this beer is and you know obviously it's really hard to recall like tasting notes on the fly but it's it's an experience to be sure so i in the funny part of the story too is like i remember tasting that beer and it was so amazing and then i remember going so my wife is a huge disney nut so she's always dragging me to disneyland um so i don't always she'll always get the season pass and then she'll go with some of her friends but you know every couple of trips she's gonna drag me along so i always try to figure out something i do like disney but i, I was gonna something.
0: say you love it yeah <laughs>
1: i kind of do love it i just don't <laughs> like to admit it but um so one of the times i'm like okay we're gonna be in anna we're gonna go to bottle logic like they make fun of a fundamental observation. They gotta be amazing. So kind of a split score here. Definitely worth getting fundamental observation. Although when I went to the brewery, I was not impressed. I got like the whole flight of everything they had on tap. Obviously, they didn't have fundamental observation. That's like one of those you know once a year kind of things they make. But yeah. I just wasn't super impressed with their lineup. Not to say it was bad, but the problem isn't it. This is kind of you know, feeding back into the hype conversation, I was so blown away by fundamental observation that I had built up the expectation for the rest of their lineup to be amazing. And then when it was just solid, I was not impressed. So, although I did... So the other thing that I do like to do... Well, I have a lot of weird, like, neurotic hobbies around beer. (laughs) So one (laughs) is, every brewery I go to, I will buy a glass with the name of the brewery and they had the coolest glasses ever so bottle logic had these little like tulip glasses they're like tasting glass size mm-hmm. um but they're tulip glasses and they're like the crown jewel of my That's glass, awesome. my glass collection i always bust them out when i'm sharing a beer with people so overall fundamental observation amazing i wasn't blown away by their lineup but you know send us your hate mail if i'm off base
0: uh <laughs>
1: I, I think it was solid. I just wasn't blown away.
0: So, yeah, well, I mean, if, you're comparing a beer that they brew once a year. Yes, uh, you know, very limited release to stuff they they're, brew all yeah, the time. Yeah, they're, day or they're day just out. yeah,
1: right. All right. So, I think that that catches us up with caught whales. Let's turn it back over to Stephen for the first whale that remains at large.
0: All right. Well. So going back to the sort of geographical, um, difficulties, um, really, you know, being a sort of hophead and a, uh, an IPA lover, um, the New England IPAs, um, sort of the OG New England IPAs that actually come from New England, um, <laughs> are some of my big whales, um, one of which is Heady Topper from the Alps <laughs> Brewing. That's that's on
1: my list too. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so it's in Vermont, and it just I, I've heard of it getting out um, and people finding it other places, but I'm sure it's such a rarity. Um, and that's I think it's like I think it's fairly easy to get if you're in that area, but um, just one of those I'm gonna have to travel up there to get.
1: Yes. Heady topper is also on my whales at large list, sitting at number five on the top two fifty.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just Yep. Uh I just think if you're a fan of New England IPAs, um that's that's the one. Uh the other one would be King Julius from uh Treehouse. Is that on your list? Too? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so basically have,
1: I know. My list just says, like, Treehouse,
0: period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something from Treehouse, please. Because
1: I, all I hear is Treehouse this, Treehouse that. Yeah. But they don't come to – they weren't at Great American Beer Festival. And they don't um, come – like, ironically, like, um, another brewery that I'd really like to learn more about is New Golaris. For whatever reason, we get New Golaris beers at our local – so, Northern California, Sacramento area. At the local beer festivals, New Golaris shows up with a bunch of stuff. So I don't know why they're coming out to Sacramento, but um, that's another one on my list. Like, I've just been really impressed with everything they've, they've distributed out here for those beer festivals. But yeah, uh, it does not seem like Treehouse makes it out to the West Coast. And it doesn't no. sound like Texas either, so...
0: No, I mean, I think, like, um, you know, Russian River's the same way about their IPAs. They want you to drink them fresh, you know, and they just... They want total control over their beer quality, and as soon as you send it out, even I mean, Russian River will send kegs. I don't know how many kegs they send of their regular stuff, but they do send kegs of Pliny the Younger, like to some tap rooms in Denver, and there's there's big events in other parts of the country where they um, they tap their uh, Pliny the Younger kegs. Um, so it does get out, but but again, that's they're still having control because those kegs are gonna get tapped and drank within a couple weeks. I mean right. you know. Um and so yeah, I think Treehouse is just the same way. They want total control over when they're how fresh their beer is being um consumed. Uh and so once you start distributing nationwide you just you lose a lot of that control. Uh so it's it's good. I mean it's, it's understandable.
1: That makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah, I mean you gotta control you wanna control that. Because IPAs are one of the rare styles that and part of the reason I like stout so much is that I can get them, put them in my fridge and forget about them and they might actually be getting better. Yeah. Now I think there is actually a cutoff. So I have tried this with Firestone. They have a lot of bottled beers and I have, like, Helderado is the, one of their beers that they bottle. And that's a barley wine, I believe. I could be mixing it up. It might be the oatmeal. But I have actually bought, like, multiple years of that and then let them age. For I actually let one go for three years. So I opened one at one year, one at two years, and one at three years. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, and I do think... Three years was maybe a little too far, uh, but it did seem to improve with time. So I do like stouts because you can kind of put them in the beer fridge, forget about them. IPAs, on the other hand, you want to drink as fresh as possible. So that is, you know, that's one unique thing about that style of beer. And it makes sense that they'd want to control it because if you do get one that's old, it's not necessarily going to be bad, but it's not going to be the full presentation of the style.
0: Yeah, those those hop flavors are just going to start to erode slowly. So. Yeah,
1: so you might be less impressed. And they they want to protect that hype and that, you know, image they have, that they're amazing brewery. So another one, I don't know if this is on your list as well, is I want to try something from Funky Buddha Brewery. Okay. Because they also have quite a number of beers. They have a, they actually have one called, um, let me see, this is Morningwood. So that's a Imperial Porter 12%. Um, that's another one that's kind of out there. I really want to try it. It's all the way out in Florida. So I've never seen one locally, but they have, they make quite a few beers that are quite highly rated. So I would like to try funky Buddha. Yeah. It's quite um, a
0: cool too. Uh, another one for me, which is in, it's in Vermont as well. Um, called sip of sunshine from Lawson's finest liquids or something. I think they're called, um, just another one you see all the time. Uh highly rated. I don't know. I'm sure some of these will be well, I, I wouldn't say disappointing. Um I just think they'd be cool to drink. I like checking them off my checklist. Right. Yeah, you this. gotta get <laughs> <laughs>
1: you gotta get them in a the notebook, yeah. <laughs> it is fun to try all this stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, so that,
1: so, do you have any other outstanding whales?
0: Well, so the other, um, the other, so Treehouse is in Boston. Uh, Trillium is the other Boston brewery that's uh, ah. one of those where I like anything, specifically Fort Point, which is their pale, their American pale ale, which is just a, a it's, I like that style. Um, and so Fort Point from Trillium, I think is. Pretty much always on the top. Other than Zombie Dust from Three Floyds, um, always at the top of the list for American pale ales. So that's nice. a must. That's a must drink for me.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to get to some of these.
0: Um, can I add one more?
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: So this is my strange one, but as everyone knows by now, I'm a huge fan of the Goza style. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes you are
0: these originally came out of Leipzig Germany that's where they were brewed originally okay there are still brew pubs in Leipzig Germany serving traditional gozes one day I will get to Leipzig Germany and drink a goza there
1: so, that sounds dope that will probably be the truest expression even and better then than I, Rubens and then,
0: <laughs> and then I won't die so much as I will just fade off into oblivion <laughs> <laughs> as my, as my life com- c- completes
1: your physical husk will remain. performing It's daily duties,
0: but sure, you, sure, your sure.
1: soul will have transcended. Yeah. To the yeah. Yeah. Life.
0: <laughs> yeah. What he said.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Um, well, hopefully maybe in a year from now, we can do an update on the white whale list and hopefully we've checked it off a few.
0: Catch a few more, maybe add a few.
1: Yeah. That's the other thing is I'm hoping to add, you know, add, add some beers to the white whale list. You know, we talked last time about the hopeful resurgence of ballast point. Maybe they're going to release something amazing now that they're Mm. owned and that will add to the white whale list. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, do you have anything else you want to add to this week's episode?
0: No, oh, that's it, man. This is, that was a fun one. That was, I, I almost couldn't stop writing as I made my notes. There were so <laughs> many, so many things I wanted to talk about, but that was, that was fun.
1: Definitely a good topic. So we will leave you there. This is the third episode of Attenuation, a beer podcast featuring me, Jason, and my best, one of my best friends, Steven. That's me. and we are signing off we will see you in one week for episode four yeah thanks for listening thanks for listening and tune in again next time
0: cheers cheers thanks for listening to this week's episode of attenuation a beer podcast don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button and we'll catch you next week cheers